Welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM. Uh, This is Warren Landis, your host of Sunshine USA, also known as the Sunshine USA Bible Teacher. And uh, it is great to be with you on this Anchor FM podcast (laughs) called Sunshine USA. Uh, This is actually not a new podcast I've been doing. Uh, Sunshine USA now for a number of years, ever since 2012, uh, got started several years ago on Blog Talk Radio, and we have an edition of Sunshine USA that still airs on Blog Talk Radio, and on that particular edition of Sunshine USA, I do a systematic verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the Word of God, and right now, uh, in that particular series, we have just concluded, as of this morning, our study of the book of Job, and on the next broadcast, we'll be uh, beginning a study of the Psalms, and that's going to be especially exciting. Uh, I don't know how in-depth that study will be. I I was telling my radio audience this morning, if I spent uh, one broadcast on each of the Psalms, it would take me about 150 days to get through the Psalms. (laughs) Hey, man, I don't know uh, that I'll spend 150 days in Psalms. And of course, remember, I don't record every day, so it would take me probably half a year or longer to get through the book of Psalms if we go that route. I will probably end up hitting the highlights of the book of Psalms, uh, but it will be a more in-depth highlights than I've done before. I've already done an abbreviated study of the book of Psalms, and I think this time around it'll be a more comprehensive approach to the book of Psalms, uh, but not necessarily verse by verse, but we'll just see what the Lord leads when the time gets there. Now, on this particular series of Sunshine USA on Anchor FM, uh, what I'm doing is mostly topical preaching. Now, for you young ministers out there listening to this broadcast, I want you to know there are two principal kinds of preaching. There's topical preaching, and there's expository preaching. Now, the kind of preaching that I do on the Blog Talk Radio edition of Sunshine USA, that's more of an expository type preaching. Now, here on the Anchor FM series, I actually uh, do more topical preaching. I try to address different topics that I feel like the Christian audience today needs to hear. Now today, for example, we're going to be in John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, and I'm going to be talking on the subject of the power of prayer. And I think prayer is certainly one of those topics we need to hear more about in the church today. But I want to say as an introduction to that, the fact that we have the Gospel of John written by John himself. Now, he also has three smaller books of John that we find later on in the New Testament. And we also know that John is the writer of the book of Revelation, uh, probably one of the more intriguing books of the New Testament. And uh, so John is a very prolific writer. Uh, He is 
the only one of the twelve that will die a natural death. Now, you'll know that Judas went out and hung himself. He committed suicide. The other eleven original disciples, they all died a martyr's death. And only the gospel, only the uh, man who wrote the gospel of John, John himself, only he died what we would call a natural death. But of course, even he suffered greatly as a result of his faith in God. For example, we find that John found himself exiled on the Isle of Patmos for some time. Now, for many people, the Isle of Patmos was actually paramount to a death sentence because I understand that the prisoners were responsible for hunting down their own food or they could have food sent for them from the outside if they knew anybody. But the thing about it is uh, your time on Patmos as a prisoner was very harsh. You were not allowed to have visitors. It was very lonely. Uh, the Roman government didn't provide anything for you. And like I say, in many ways, it was paramount to a death sentence. Many people that were sentenced to Patmos died at Patmos. They couldn't survive the harshness of the prison there. It was an island prison. And they died there. But John did not. And we know that John lived for several more years following his release from Patmos. We know, for example, that John was at least one of the pastors over at the church of Ephesus. And he possibly went on to become pastor of Ephesus following his imprisonment there on the Isle of Patmos. So even when John went through that terrible ordeal there, God wasn't finished with him yet. And that's why I always tell people, I, I don't care how old and feeble I get, I'm not going anywhere until God is finished with me. And I've got this very unique feeling that God ain't finished with me yet. That's why God is allowing me to continue living, and he continues to give me opportunities to preach and proclaim his gospel. And as long as God gives me that opportunity, folks, I want to use that for his glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, John was also called the beloved disciple. I suppose if Jesus had a favorite disciple, it was John. In many ways, John was closer to Jesus than probably any of the other disciples. So John has a lot to say that we need to hear about. Now here in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, and I, I remember in the church where I grew up, which is the church where I got saved, it's the church... Uh, where I answered God's call on my life to preach the gospel, they ended up licensing me and ordaining me into the gospel ministry. My home church, for many years, 
the pastor there would quote these two verses of scripture when we went into prayer time. And the verses are found in John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And here we read the words, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, we have to ask ourselves as Christians, what does it mean? It says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father be glorified in the Son. Ask anything in my name, I will do it. What does that mean? Does that mean that I can pray to God, God, give me a million dollars? After all, Lord, you said, ask anything in my name, I'll do it. God, I'm, I'm putting you to the test here. God, I want you to drop, in the next 24 hours, I want you to drop 24 million dollars in my bank account. <laughs> Amen. I mean, who wouldn't be happy about that? But is that what this verse means? And I maintain, no, it's not. <laughs> that doesn't mean that we could literally pray and ask God for anything. It says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. I believe that, among other things, that means we have to pray according to the will of God. Now, I know some of you are saying, Warren, I knew you were going to try to finagle your way out of this thing. <laughs> you know, No, I'm not trying to make excuses for God, and I'm not trying to give God an escape hatch. What I'm trying to do is rightly divide the word of truth in the Bible here. And it says here that if we pray according to the will of God, that he will grant what we're asking. But we have to pray according to the will of God. For example, let me ask you this question. Let's say you pray and ask God for a million dollars. What do you plan to do with that million dollars? Do you plan to blow it at Las Vegas and probably lose all of it? I mean, that's how, after all, that's why they call it Lost Wages Nevada. <laughs> or... Would you plan to do something for God? Like go to a missionary trip. Go mission, go and do missionary work in another part of the world. Maybe give money to a small church that needs it badly. What would you do with that money? Would you ask God for a new car? Well, if you're asking God for a new car, what are you going to do with that car? You know, I say, well, man, I want a car, so I am, I, I'm single, and I want to impress the girls. I want a spiffy new car. <laughs> well, if that's the kind of car you want, I don't know if God's obligated to give you that car. Because God wants you to pray according to his will. And I don't think God is going to will for you to have a car so you can make all the girls lust after you. Now, you know, I've never have fully understood that anyway. Because let me ask you this question. Do you want the girls to like your car? Or do you want the girls to like you? See, if you're not careful, if anything happens to that car, the relationship between you and that girl, it's going to be all over. Amen. <laughs> 
I uh, remember reading one time about this man. He was ma not married. In fact, he had spent all of his life for several decades as a single man. And all of a sudden, he came into a pretty fair amount of money. He had a loved one die. That loved one left him a great inheritance. And all of a sudden, he had a lot of money. And all of a sudden, he didn't have any problem attracting girls. And one girl in particular was attracted to him. And they very hastily made plans to get married. And shortly after they got married... The inheritance ended. The money was gone. And so was the girl. You see, that girl didn't love him. She fell in love with his money. And so that's another reason why we have to pray according to the will of God. Now, like I say, we have a lot of young ministerial students uh, listening to this particular broadcast and it might very well be that you're going to ask God for a car. Because after all, if you have a car, you can get around to the different churches and you could take advantage of a lot of preaching opportunities that might come your way. And of course, nothing could be worse than to get a great preaching opportunity and not be able to get there because you don't have a car. But even there, the prayer ought to be, Lord, give me an adequate car so that I could get around to the different churches that might invite me to preach. and um, But that doesn't mean I, I need a fancy car. It doesn't mean that I need a car with all the bells and whistles. You know, it doesn't have to be a Rolls Royce or a Cadillac. It just has to be a decent car in decent running order so that I can get around to the different churches where God would call me to preach. You see, that's where we get into the nitty-gritty right there. Praying according to the will of God. Our prayer, for example, should never be motivated by greed. A lot of times we might be tempted to ask uh, the Lord for lots of money because we want to live the lifestyles of the rich and famous. You know, there used to be a, a TV show by that name on television years ago. It was hosted by a man named Robin Leach. And he talked about how the average rich person lived. They had luxury homes, luxury cars, went on luxury vacations. And seemingly it was great, the kind of life that they were living. And so I could see where someone might be tempted to say, Lord, I want to be rich. I heard an interview that the news media was doing with this preacher the other day, and they were accusing him of being a money-grabbing preacher. They were accusing him of preaching for money and riches. And basically, he pretty much admitted to it. He said, yeah, he said, the two things in life I want, I want to be rich because one of these days when I go to heaven, I don't want to go there broke. Well, folks, I got news for you. According to the Bible, the word of God, we're not taking anything with us. You came into this world with nothing, and guess what? 
you're going to be leaving this world with nothing. I've never seen a, a hearse traveling down the highway pulling a U-Haul trailer. Or a hearse being followed by a rider truck. Just doesn't happen. You came into this world with nothing. And guess what? The Bible teaches us that you will leave this world with nothing. And so we always have to pray according to the will of God. Now, of course, I would say this. Any Christian worth their salt has a desire to be in the will of God for their life. And so a, a common question that would come up on a topic like this, well, Warren, how can I know the will of God? Well, one of the best ways to know the word of God is to get into the word of God. And of course, those of you that have been listening to Sunshine USA for years, you know that this program is all about helping Christians get into the word of God and becoming more knowledgeable about what the word of God teaches. When I started Sunshine USA back in 2012, now at that time I was not living in Greenville, South Carolina. Back in those days, I was living in a small town called Brandon, Mississippi. And that's actually where Sunshine USA got its start. But when I started Sunshine USA, I was appalled at the number of Christians who knew very little about the Word of God. It was amazing how ignorant the average Christian was when it came to knowing the will of God. It was just amazing. I couldn't get over how little the average person knew about the will of God. And so I started Sunshine USA, and I've always had a twofold purpose for doing Sunshine USA. Number one is my desire to get the gospel out to a lost and dying world. And number two, to teach God's people the word of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so Sunshine USA was started back in 2012 for that purpose. And I have taught over the years that nothing is more important than knowing the will of God, and there's no better way to know the will of God than to get into the word of God. Because you see, we can know this, that the will of God, the will of God will never contradict the word of God. God is not going to tell us in his word that something is wrong and then tell us it's okay to do it. It's not going to happen. And that's why the first step to knowing the will of God is to get ourselves into the word of God. Now, sometimes God will reveal his will through the circumstances that we find ourselves in, in life. You know, for example, uh, Johnny Erickson taught, and I gave this illustration, I think, maybe on the last program. I, I pointed out that Johnny Erickson Tata had a terrible diving accident back when she was a teenager. She was paralyzed from the neck down. And for a while, it seemed that life was going to be hopeless for her. 
and she was going to be largely helpless. But you see, out of that diving accident came a great ministry. Johnny Erickson Tata started a radio ministry called Johnny and Friends. And through that ministry, Johnny Erickson Tata has been able to witness to the Lord. Witness for the Lord to a number of people all across the nation and even throughout the world. She's also been very instrumental in helping uh, make life a little bit easier for those of us with disabilities. Now, I've come to that point in my life where I appreciate buildings that are made to be accessible for the handicapped. For example, uh, I get around with the aid of a walker. And I also have a walking cane that I carry with me. And that's because I don't get around as easily as I used to. For me, getting around is a lot harder than it used to be. And so when I go to church, for example, I use my walker and I walk up a ramp that my church has built for handicapped people like myself. Now, I would like to think they built it just for me, but actually they built this particular ramp before I even became a member there. But I'm glad I go to a church that thinks enough of handicapped people to make it easier for handicapped people to get inside the church. Now, just for the record, I go to San Susie Church here in Greenville, South Carolina, located on Old Buncombe Road, just across the road from where I live. And a great man of God named Lenny Miller, he's the pastor there. And he and his wife, Laurie, they do a great job for the Lord there at San Susie Church. In fact, we had one of our biggest worship services ever last Sunday. We had well over 100 people in the Sunday morning service. Now, that may not seem so amazing to some of you, but bearing in mind it wasn't too many years ago that the church was down to just a handful of people, and they were just trying to decide whether the Lord wanted the church to fold up and close up. But... God made it very clear to that congregation that they didn't need to close up. They just simply needed to be repurposed. They needed to be replanted. And another church in town, the the Brookwood Church, came along and helped them become a better church right where they were. And the thing I was so impressed there, by the way, was that Brookwood Church was more interested in helping San Susi Church become a better church where it was rather than simply making San Susi Church a satellite campus of the Brookwood Church. But God has blessed our church, and I, I thank God that I go to a church where there is provision made for those of us who are handicapped that have a hard time getting around. Amen. <laughs> uh, my own dad was pretty much in the same situation the last several years of his life. And my dad came to appreciate buildings that were handicap accessible. And the last year or two of his life, he was in a wheelchair. And so we find that Johnny Erickson Tata has done a lot 
to make life easier for those of us who are handicapped physically. And so God, God brought a great amount of purpose out of her diving accident. He gave her, as a result of that diving accident, a ministry that she probably never would have had any other way. And so she has this great ministry now called Johnny and Friends. Many of you listen to her on the radio and get an enormous blessing out of her. Now, I understand she's going through some new health problems now. We need to lift her up in our, prayer, in our prayers. But God has a way of bringing great good out of great tragedy, as he did with Johnny Erickson Tata. I heard about a man one time. He lost his job, and he was in danger of losing pretty much everything he had. But you know what? God blessed him with an even better job, a job that came with a bigger paycheck, a job that gave him more time off to be with his family. And so a lot of times I find that God doesn't close one door without opening up a far greater door. Amen. And so you see, praying according to the will of God is what prayer is all about. And when we pray for God's will, then he's willing to give us the needs that we ask him for. Because what we ask him for is going to be tempered by the will of God. And right there at the end, we see where God says, where Jesus says that the Son, God might be glorified in the Son. In other words, what God gives us is something that's going to bring glory to God. Now, some of you might be saying, Warren, you need to pray that I'll win the lottery. Well, my question to you would be, how is God going to get glory out of that? You know, <laughs> think about it. So we have here two very powerful verses that tell us something about the power of prayer. And, and you know, we need to see more emphasis on prayer today. You know, it's sad but true. They say that in many churches, prayer meeting is the least attended meeting at the church of the whole week. If the pastor announces ahead of time, we're going to have a service where we do nothing but praying, you can mark it down. A lot of people are going to make the choice not to come to that particular church on that particular time because they're not very interested in prayer. Now, there are exceptions, fortunately. For example, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York has a great man of God as pastor. And one of the things that that church has done for years, they have a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And one of the interesting things about this Tuesday night prayer meeting, which, by the way, is the best attended service of the whole week, they have bigger crowds on Tuesday night, I understand, than any other night of the week. 
And in that service, they don't have preaching. They don't have singing. It's all about prayer. It's all about seeking the face of God and not the hands of God. You know, sad to say so many times when you and I pray, it's all about us. It's all about God, give me this. God, give me that. God, do this. God, do that. You see, that's what I call seeking the hands of God. But you see, as Christians, we should not be seeking the hands of God. We need to be seeking the face of God. God, I come to you today just to praise your holy name. God, I come to you today not to ask you for anything, but God, I come to you today praying and praising you. I don't necessarily need anything, God. I just want to praise you. Do you think God gets glory out of a prayer like that? You bet he does. God loves to hear prayers like that. Now, that doesn't mean he's not glad when we bring our needs to him. But it's so exciting to God when he hears us pray to him, not asking for anything in particular, but just simply saying, God, I want to praise your holy name. (laughs) You know, um, one time I had a neighbor. And every time this neighbor called me, I knew they wanted something. They wanted to borrow a cup of milk. They wanted to borrow some salt. They wanted to borrow some pepper. They wanted to borrow this. They wanted to borrow that. Maybe they needed some money to help pay a bill. But every time they called me, I knew they needed something. And I thought to myself, you know, I I think I would love it if this person called me just to thank me for all the great stuff I've already given them. But even when I think back on that now, I can't remember them ever coming to me thanking me for what all I've done for them. Every time they contact me, they're always wanting something else. Now, I I don't know whatever happened to that person. I haven't (laughs) started to say, fortunately, I haven't heard from that person again in several years. But really, I need to be praying for that person. I don't know why I haven't heard from him in several years. I don't know if they ended up in prison or if they died or what. But God used that memory of mine to let me know that it's great for us to go to him in prayer, not to ask him for anything, but rather just to praise his holy name for the things that he's already done for us. Amen. Maybe even thanking him in advance for what you're asking him to do for us. Amen. Now, another thing about prayer is that a lot of times we as Christians have a tendency to use prayer as a last resort. But in reality, prayer needs to be a first line of action. I remember one time there was a doctor in the hospital and he comes into the room of an elderly lady that was one of his patients and he said, ma'am, I'm going to be honest with you. All we could do now is pray. I've done everything for you that I can do for you. So all we could do now is pray. 
And the lady looked at him and said, Oh my God, has it come to that? You see, the thing about it is, we a lot of times look at prayer as a last resort, when in fact it should be a first line of defense. Sometimes we see God as an emergency telephone number. We have a tendency to contact God whenever we're going through an emergency, whenever we have an urgent need in our life. But then when that need is taken care of, guess what? God doesn't hear any more from us until such time as we have another need. Do you think that makes God happy? Do you think God gets any kind of glory out of that? I don't think so. And so we ought to use prayer as a first line of defense. And make no mistake about it, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Through prayer, I have seen God do things that man says was utterly impossible. I have seen people healed where doctors said there's no hope. I've had health issues myself all throughout my life. Any one of them could have killed me and taken me home to God prematurely. But you know what? God is in the healing business. Now, it might interest you to know, even though I'm a Baptist preacher, I'm not one of these Baptist preachers that believes that uh, God doesn't do miracles anymore. Um. I believe God does just as many miracles today as he ever did. Now, I believe one of the reasons we don't seemingly see as many miracles anymore is because we're not looking for miracles. We're not even asking God for miracles. We don't believe God does miracles anymore. And so, you know what? God leaves us alone. He doesn't give us any miracles. But if you believe in God, if you believe in miracles, you can look for miracles to happen in your life. You see, when I find myself up against a wall, when I find myself facing an impossible situation, I am not limited to the solutions of man. Because I know that God could step in a situation that is seemingly impossible, and God can work miracles. Now, if that makes me Pentecostal in addition to being a Baptist, so be it. Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Now, that's something else. I don't mind praising the Lord. You know, I I, I praise the Lord several times a day. Sometimes I'll be riding along in a bus. I don't have a car, so I have to travel on a bus with my walker. And a lot of times, uh, somebody will say something, and I'll say, just praise the Lord. And by the way, that's a good way for the devil to leave you alone, because when you are praising the Lord, when you are praising the name of Jesus, the devil doesn't have any choice but to run away in the opposite direction. So if you want the devil to leave you alone, if you want the devil to keep his hands off you, you just learn the secret of praising the Lord. And learn the secret of powerful prayer because you see, Prayer is powerful. And we just need to learn that. Another secret to a successful prayer life 
is found in the verse that comes next. John chapter 14, verse 15. And here Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, the important note here is that we're not saved by keeping the commandments of God. We're not saved by works. The Bible makes it very clear. Salvation is by grace through faith, that not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. However, once we are saved, once we do know Jesus Christ as our Savior, it should be our desire to live for God and to be obedient to the things of God, being obedient to the will of God, being obedient to the word of God. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, he didn't say it would be great if you would keep my commandments. Oh, yeah, you could keep my commandments if you want to. No, he says, keep my commandments. That makes it mandatory. That makes it imperative. Once again, not in order to get our salvation, but because of the fact that we are saved. You show me someone that has no desire to do the will of God. You show me a person who has no desire to be in the word of God. And I will show you a person where I seriously doubt that that person has ever been saved. I doubt that that person has ever received Jesus Christ as Savior. Well, folks, I tell you, that brings us to the end of another message here on Sunshine USA. I hope that you're getting as much of a blessing out of this message as I am. I tell you, I enjoy doing these messages. <laughs> I mean, I really do, folks. And I have no reason for doing it other than the fact that I love the Lord and I love you. I don't get a paycheck for doing these programs. I don't get paid for doing these programs. Because any money that comes in goes right back into the ministry. It goes right back into the work of God. Right now, we're hoping to eventually expand this ministry even further by buying airtime on TV and radio stations across America. In fact, right now, we're already in serious conversations with someone about starting up a 24-7 Christian internet radio station. This is an internet radio station that would be on the air for the Lord seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But it will cost some money to get the job done. And that's why we invite people to make an investment in our ministry. Here at um, Anchor FM, you'll notice that there's a... Uh, spot that you can cling on, uh, click on to if you would like to make a donation to this ministry. And I hope that you will do that if you feel that of the Lord to do so. Uh, they've also got a, a thing where you could leave a message for this ministry, and I'd love to hear from you. If you get a blessing out of listening to this broadcast, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you sound like. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I will get back with you. All you have to do is uh, give me your email address or perhaps your snail mail address if you want to. And I'll love the opportunity to get back with you. Uh, this is not an automated ministry. 
Uh, I like to use the personal touch in this ministry. If you uh, send me an email or if you write me a letter, uh, I want you know I get that letter. And I read it. Now, if you want to send me a snail mail, my snail mail address is Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, Apartment 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. That's Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, Apartment 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. Now, my email address is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. Very short, very simple. All lowercase. Warren Landis is one word. Warrenlandis at yahoo.com. Contact me today. I would love to hear from you. Until then, God bless you, and I'll see you again next time on Sunshine USA.